0: Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow with your host, Linda Nazareth.
1: Well, hello, and thank you for joining us today. You know, we're in the midst of this pandemic, and naturally, it's all any of us can really think about. How long will it go on? How do we plan around this? What's next year going to look like? Will we be done with the pandemic? But the thing is, even if we are done, the challenges aren't over. We're in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, and that is really as big a challenge for leadership, at least, as the pandemic is. The fourth industrial revolution is a term coined by the World Economic Forum to describe what's going on in terms of technology transformation. And in their view, in terms of its scope and its scale and the ways that it will affect our lives, this will be the biggest transformation that we have ever seen. So it really is going to require a lot of skill to take us through it. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Our guest today is Jeffrey Russell. He's the president of Accenture Canada. And we talk about this, the technology, the robot revolution, the challenges of the pandemic, and how leaders can really take us through this and how it'll be difficult about how we might come out the other side. So it is a really good discussion, a lot of things to think about. Please stay with us. So we're at a very fascinating moment in history in a lot of ways, but one of them is in terms of technology. We're making huge advances in AI, artificial intelligence, and they're being imbued into all kinds of technology. We're creating a lot of different kinds of robots, talking toasters to drones, and they're going to help us make economic progress, but perhaps also challenge us to do that without creating negative disruptions. So it's going to come down to leadership, to leaders in business and elsewhere making the right choices and decisions and taking us down the right path. Lots of complicated things to talk about. So, to do that, I'm joined today by Jeffrey Russell. He's the president of Accenture Canada. Now, Accenture is a global professional services company. They provide services and solutions in strategy, consulting, digital technology, and operations. And they recently put out a report called Technology Vision 2020, which tackles some of the challenges ahead. Jeffrey joins us today from La Belle Provence, the eastern townships of Quebec, to talk about all of this. Hi, Jeffrey.
0: Hey, Linda, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks so much for joining good. us today.
0: You're very welcome. It's great to be with you.
1: Well, you know, as I said, there's a lot to talk about. We have this world that's changing so quickly, and we're trying to make sense of it. But let's go forward. If you look ahead five years or ten years, what kind of world do you envision?
0: Yeah, it it, uh, it sure has changed uh, incredibly. And I and I think when we look at the world ahead and... and uh, Looking to the world ahead, it's hard not to understand obviously the implications that uh, the last you know four to five months has had. And for that matter, uh, I think in many respects, the last four to five months has accelerated a number of trends that we've been seeing for the last four to five years, for that matter. Um, and I, And I think uh, in particular, covid nineteen has accelerated um, you know as it has really underpinned and accelerated technology innovation as businesses um, speed up their digital transformation. In order to thrive in what we like to call the never normal, um, uh, which uh, kind of replaces the new normal, but uh, the pandemic has revealed, uh, in many respects, which which companies, which industries were a one step away from disruption, um, and uh, and the, those that have really stepped up now have have made a bet on agility and resilience and are now coming out ahead. Is is, uh, is what we're seeing in short, and and. We'll see this play out in the rise of, uh, of clearly remote working and other virtual capabilities, um, a, a great example of, of, a, of a new economy uh, organization that's, that's made complete uh, amazing headway in the, in the last number of months, which is Shopify. Of course, uh, one of Canada's most valuable companies at one point uh, over the past uh, four or five months, and they, in fact, recently declared itself a digital by default company. And, and I, I like to, that, that's quite powerful, the notion that that uh, digital is everywhere, as we've talked about in our technology uh, vision over the past uh, two years or so. And um, so, you know, it has been an incredible reversal since uh, as recently as March. But this idea that a business could function day to day without an office or at least an office for everyone. Um, and in fact, our recent consumer research found that, you uh, Thirty, almost uh, a third of Canadians plan to increase the amount they work from home in the future, as virtual and remote working will remain a key part of the future workplace. So I think I think kind of the the future is here. I think the reality of uh, the changes that have kind of taken us, uh, you know, taken us by surprise. Of course, in many respects, as I said, a lot of these underlying currents and trends have been taking place. However. Clearly, uh, the last four or five months with the pandemic has short-circuited a lot of things. So, so as as we look ahead, um, we see a blend of of two modes of working. Um, this this uh, this notion of uh, business leaders that uh, yes, offices will have a home, a home for people, maybe at a, at a lower capacity, uh, because uh, many CEOs that I speak to today, uh, there's a there's kind of an underlying current and recognition that. Uh, uh, the value of new ideas flowing from spontaneous conversations, and 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 face to f- you know, and spontaneous conversations o- often happen person to person, um, and also recognition of of culture to some extent has relied on you know human dynamism, and I think people are working through how much of that will be required to maintain and nurture and grow their cultures, while at the same time a recognition that. It, this is definitely not a productivity story anymore it's been proven that uh, in many respects productivity for for certain types of uh, roles and jobs have actually gone up um, so it's less about that and more about uh, what's the right mix of uh, of, of kind of the uh, office list environment or the the uh, you know wherever your base is your base is uh, and at the same time a recognition that you may need uh, people to come together uh, in the future uh, time to time to uh, to share and and, uh, and work on ideas. So I, I think um, the, the other notion is um, how people choose the direction of their careers. I, I think what we're seeing and what the research uh, tells us and, and some of the observations is over the next three plus years, we anticipate that uh, uh, three quarters of Global 2000 companies around the world will offer employees the opportunity to work with, to your point about AI and the power of AI. Uh, we're starting to see the emergence of AI-powered career coaches that start to make personalized growth and training recommend- recommendations. So, how do people keep pace with uh, just the sheer change going around them, and how does that impact your talent strategy and nurturing and growing your people? Um, the role of AI is starting to be inserted into that space. For example, where uh, you're you're getting you know algorithms that are smarter, faster to make. Uh, better decisions and work alongside the employee and alongside the HR community to help them make uh, better decisions in, in real time. So, um, so it's it's an exciting time. Um, I think in the at the end of that, um, enterprises that really play their cards uh, smartly and wisely um, are driving their digital transformations faster and better. I think this notion of three years is is now taking place in three months, so to speak. Um, and clearly uh, the role that emerging technologies can, can play both in, both in people and employees' evolving needs, uh, but also in, in, uh, in, in the broader uh, company and organization's needs.
1: Well, let's take that like a bit at a time. There's lots of facets to this. You know, you're talking about quick changes and lots of technology and perhaps careers being altered because of this. As a leader what should people be thinking about if they're trying to lead through this transformation? Because, you know, this sparks fear as well as excitement. There's excitement over changes at the same time. People are worried about their own career paths and they're also worried about, you know, what the organization's going to look like. How do you lead through that?
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, a, it's a challenging, uh, it's a challenging time. And it's not, I would say it's the old simple, but uh, simple, but not easy. I think if you break it down, um, I think yes, roles will change as they, as they, to some extent, as they always have. I think the the pace of change will continue. I think we've talked about this notion of the pace of, of workplace uh, reform and workplace impact uh, more and more over the last few years. I think uh, two things for me. One is, um, as as companies continue to look at their customer base and their employee base and and think about technology. As a, firstly, as a, a real integral part of driving the business forward and 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 driving their competitive position and all the things that come with business success, and I think the second part of that is is the success of their employees and and how does technology sit alongside the employees and and better enable them and grow them and yes, roles will change. Uh, however. We're we're seeing it. it's not about less, it's about different. I think, and and as as roles change and workplaces change and the opportunity to work from home or work from wherever you may be, um, I think all those things are, you know, will change and are changing. I, I think it's uh, I I think the uh, the issue about concern, which which we perfectly understand, is I think it's opening up new doors. And I think companies need to be one step ahead as they, as they now recognize that things are happening quicker and new doors are opening up. As those new doors open up and they anticipate those, they need to help their employees much more proactively uh, and, and enable them to, in some cases, change their skill base, change, their uh, obviously, their, their learning and their development to do that. And we're seeing that. We're seeing the role, as, as I mentioned earlier, the, uh, the role of AI, for example in doing that, and and we're starting to see the nature of AI and and robots and be much more working alongside, and we see that tremendously across the healthcare industry, for example, Um, and there's plenty of examples which I I can reference as we go through here, but uh, that we're seeing here in Canada that are world-leading in terms of the role in which uh, the broader healthcare ecosystem, of course, is changing so dramatically as, as we've all witnessed and, and the frontline workers and the impact that this has all had on them. So so I think net-net um, companies need, the, the notion of technology vision and and strategy needs to be an integral part of the business vision and strategy. The, the you those those two things are inextricably linked. Going forward, you can't uh, you can't delineate between the two. You got to work. You got to make sure they're they're integrated and independent, uh, interdependent. Sorry. And and I think at the same time, um, organizations need to play the same the, the, the same uh, thinking around their talent strategy and their employee strategy. And as as these new opportunities emerge, uh, helping you know being much more proactive and purposeful about their talent strategy and getting their people to uh, to pivot to these new opportunities as as other opportunities get potentially automated or what have you i think it's the opportunity around the new things and and people what we're seeing is businesses looking for their people to be much more part of the broader decision making process and planning process uh, wh- while well in in some cases monotonous and uh, repetitive things might in fact get uh, get uh, you know automated or 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 supported in a different way through things like ai and and uh, and robots that kind of uh, both both physical as well as virtual robots that that come behind that
1: well let's talk about this idea of a talent strategy do most companies have one explicitly and what should they have in it if they do
0: um well, I would say it's a mixed bag. <laughs> you know, do people, yes, you know, as a generalization, absolutely people have uh, a talent strategy. They may, they may not call it that, but they, if you, you dig you dig beneath the surface, they, they have some implicit, uh, at a minimum, they have an implicit talent strategy. Uh, I think many leaders are, are recognizing the importance of it and it's becoming much more explicit and much more defined and, and, and focused uh, and focus not not just um, so it's a fit for purpose is 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 the key thing around a talent strategy and being and being very uh, forward looking. So I think fit for purpose in terms of a recognition of of uh, work workforces rather than just necessarily a single workforce. And you delineate a workforce by nature of work type of work um nature of the people the 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 basis of of the skill and and uh, and the experience that you're looking for and and obviously the the, what they carry out um that that's very important and then you link that to uh the future business strategy and vision and 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 technology that underpins that and start to think about okay well what's going to change and how how do i need to keep pace in terms of my Develop, my nurturing, my development, my learning uh, strategies and, and, and tactics to underpin that change in my business. And, and uh, I would say there's a long way to go in terms of where businesses are and, and a recognition that they need to step up. And I think I think leaders get that. I think this notion of some of the, the ones that are further behind in terms of calling them laggards, if you wish, and that applies to technology application as well, um, have a ways to go. But uh, I think I think the dramatic change in the past uh, four or five months uh, I think is only reinforcing the need to really get a leg up in terms of uh, uh, being much more explicit and and purposeful about your talent strategy.
1: Do you think we're going to have the right talent? Because I know you're in Canada, but this is really a global thing, right? We're looking for talent from all over. Is Canada going to be ready? Is the U S going to be ready? Is there a country that's more ready?
0: Um, It's a, it's a good question. I think, um, You know, we're we're seeing it's interesting, right? I mean, at a at a macro global level, the the movement of talent uh, continues. I mean, we've seen here in Canada uh, an amazing amount of talent um, with with kind of and how the comparative advantage of a country now often is their immigration and how they think about uh, getting access to the the best global talent in in a particular area. As they, as they, as a country start to, you know, countries are starting to move their strategies in terms of industries and what do they want to be known for and, and focused on. So I think at a macro level, uh, we're seeing interesting dynamics. And in, and here in Canada, obviously, uh, with with the technology talent that's that's come here in, in dramatic in waves um, across all you know a number of the major cities, probably. Vancouver, uh, Toronto, and Montreal being of more notoriety than others, but uh, uh, so I, I think, you know, do we have access? Yes. Are, is the talent out there? It's it's challenging. It's challenging for us. It's uh, you know have more than half a million people, and it's challenging for, you know, at a country level, an industry level, and a client level. Um, and of course, the it goes right back to the universities and and uh, or, or colleges and, and tertiary education of of. Are we working, are we starting to get the, you know, the core organic, uh, you know, education and, and, and support? So I I think, um, is, is there enough talent out there and do we have a talent crisis? We do in certain respects, absolutely, in, in, in certain areas as because the the pace of change, um, the reality is our, our view is the pace of change right now is outpacing, you um, the sheer quantum and and capability set of of certain types of talent needed. Uh, will it will it catch up? Yes. Back to your back to your question about talent strategy. Um, I think talent strategy needs to come to the fore to to move at at a greater pace. So people uh, people and employees and for that matter universities, starting right back to the the beginning of the talent uh, kind of value chain, if you wish. Um, they they everyone in that value chain needs to to lean in and get much more smarter and and more forward thinking uh, and and faster in terms of how they're thinking about evolving and growing the next wave of talent. And then, of course, the roles that industries and countries and companies have in that is especially global companies, as they start to as they continue to think about evolving their their footprint, uh, their talent footprint as well as their physical footprint, um, to satisfy, you know, uh, local needs as well as, uh, as well as regional and, and global needs.
1: You know, in North America, we don't really have a culture of training. I hear from companies, well, you know, if I train people, they just leave, but that's not really going to work for us. I don't think as we move forward, do you see it changing? Do you think companies are getting more willing to do this?
0: Um, it's a good question. Uh, you you're, I, I think you're, your point about the value of training—I think it varies uh, to some extent by, by probably by industry—is the best way to think about it. Uh, and, and I agree; it, it, it kind of, in certain pockets, it has more lip service uh, than others. But I, I think you know—you think about the energy sector, for example, and and uh, all the things going on in terms of the impact of technology in operations, and they're very operational. Uh, industry sets, so they should be in terms of uh, uh, getting things out of the ground and, and ultimately moving them to their point of uh, point of use. and all the all the operational steps that go through that and technology is playing a much greater role in uh, making that process more intelligent, uh, smarter, faster, better uh, across the you know the, the value chain, if you wish. and and I think they have a natural recognition because of safety, because of quality, um, to, to really start to amp up uh, the, the skill building and, and talent building. So I, I think I think the recognition varies, I think where there's a greater focus on on employee safety, on product quality, on service quality, on output. Uh, I think service industries uh, probably have a greater challenge in terms of stepping up to the to the talent agenda where where it's technology is is now, having a transformative effect on more of the middle office if you wish of of, of, of people's organizations and functions and that's probably where a place but that historically hasn't had the same level of attention in terms of training and skill building and talent and and I think it I think it need it definitely needs to and I think it's starting to uh, and, and of course like every industry uh, leaders leaders lead the way and step step up and, and others follow and we're starting to see that whether it be across telecommunications across banking across uh, you know more more service oriented industries for example where where there's less about the it's more about the movement of information flow than it is about the movement of physical product or flow for example <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned earlier remote work is rising, which it absolutely is. We'll probably see it after the pandemic. We're also seeing lots of different ways of working. Companies perhaps moving more to using contract workers, gig workers, and the like. Do you think that has implications in terms of building talent?
0: Um, it does. I think. I think people that. Um, you know the notion of, of, of temporary labor or contract labor or you know labor that's not effectively comes in um, you know for either a project or a period of time or whatever whatever the, the you know the uh, the relationship might be with 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 an organization um, I think it's funny I would say more and more we're seeing a wave at least in Canada where there's pockets where there's a, a much stronger wave of building capability internally, um, and through, you know, uh, as employees, as opposed, you know, in some cases it's contract-based, but <laughs> excuse me, it's, uh, it's as much, um, it's as much about building out, uh, core talent and core capabilities. So I, I'd say, I mean, we're part of you know. You think about our organization, ultimately as a as a services organization and helping people uh, transform their processes and capabilities. I mean, we we act as a conduit of of talent for for organizations for you know sometimes an extended period of time, sometimes for a short period of time. So I think that that notion has been around for a while now. Um, at the same time, so I I don't think that's new. Um, and I, and I think to your to your question, I, th- I think I've actually interesting enough in Canada at least, and then is there's a, a bit of a strong pushback around, well, what what should I really build and do internally versus externally? and and some choices being made around that. Um, and in particular, choices around uh, if you do choose to have uh, sourcing strategies that are external to your um, your employee base. Um, you know what should be done closer to home eg near you know as we call it near shore versus uh, versus out you know versus kind of uh, outside of the country or wherever it might be so so I think the world keeps changing um, the implication of costs the implications of technology the implications of quality will always be there um, all that's uh, all that is being accelerated today and uh, I, I don't however I I don't. I don't see. I, I see it coming in, in, in more of a balanced fashion in terms of uh, how people think about their employee base and, and whether it's uh, a combina- You know, it's it's some some combination of, of sourcing both externally and, and growing your uh, your internal employee uh, talent base.
1: It's a really challenging time because we are talking about AI and making these investments and you know, being ready for what comes in five years, but we're also really in the middle of a recession, right? And we're probably going to be in a recession next year, too, as we come out of this. How does that change things? And I guess the second part of this, is it being communicated well to workers by leaders what's happening?
0: Cool. Um, so let's take the first part of the question. So you know, the, the economic impact that's, this has been, you know, kind of manufactured in the sense that the, you know, we were going along at a, at a reasonable rate. And then of course uh, we, uh, you know, we manufactured a shutdown for all the obvious right reasons in, in terms of health and, and wellness. But uh, so, you know, it's a crystal ball in terms of how long it'll stay around to your, to your point. But I think, uh, I think it's probably a, a strong recognition that it's, it's probably playing out uh, longer than, what people may have uh, anticipated uh or, you know kind of two or three months ago as we started to get into this so so you know what what's happening i i guess for us and it gets back to the heart of the technology vision and the, and the question at hand here and, and work and impact on ways of working is i think two things are happening uh, back to the point is um uh leaders Leaders are, are 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 seeking this opportunity to really leapfrog, and get you know kind of further their position, uh, in in their given respective industries and, and 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 pockets around the place in terms of strengthening strengthening their their overall competitiveness and, and capability and technologies very much at the heart of that, and and the new. The new waves of of, of technology and, and uh, new capabilities that are kind of coming off the back of that, and, and uh, how AI and things like that kind of underpin that. So I think I think the notion of how people are responding to a recognition that this downturn might actually uh, take place, you know, over a longer, per- relatively longer period of time. I think uh, we're seeing a lot more uh, companies that kind of had a had a going in relative leadership position uh, to get on the front foot and and really try to try to distance themselves from from their uh, competitive set. I think at the same time the ones that went into the to it with with lagging you know lagging in terms of technology enablement lagging in terms of you know overall industry or uh, performance in their position I think are are recognizing that, in fact, they've got an opportunity to play catch-up faster because the, you know, whether it be cloud, whether it be security, whether it be analytics, whether it be all all the things that were ch- underlying trends, the reality is they now have the opportunity both in mindset and in pragmatic, you know, kind of actions to actually um, short-circuit a, a number of, of either cultural impediments or perceived technology impediments. To actually catch up quicker, so I, I, I actually think uh, while while leaders will look to distance themselves further, I think the the folks uh, you know the industries and the and the companies within them that may not you know clearly that weren't at the forefront are going to use the next you know call it 12, 18 plus months however long this this kind of goes on to really look to try to accelerate and get you know kind of play catch up better. Um, over over the next uh, twelve to eighteen months, so that, I think that that's kind of the context. and that's the context to our technology vision. Is we're really urging uh, companies, as we do, and that's why we do it every every year, is is urging companies to to step up even more so now than ever in terms of uh, the back to the point of of integrating uh, technology and business and and uh, and the strategies therein to uh, to to grow, you know, to to grow grow. Both the uh, the employee base and the employee's performance, but also the business performance that goes with that. Um, your second question, the
1: communication side of this, we have all these changes.
0: I think it's happening so. Uh, you you're right. It's always a it's always a chicken and egg, right? In terms of uh, this is so different in terms of what we've ever all of us are going through, both in terms of the impact on our personal personal and work lives, um, and because um, the 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 health the 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 virus itself is a is you know it continues to morph and change and move and show up in different places and we can't predict that uh, what we can try to predict is is encouraging of course our citizens to to do the right thing and and with the with the hope as well as the demonstration that uh, that that'll that'll help. Um, the reality is it's uh, you know we're seeing this thing move in different ways day to day and i think for for companies and leaders it's hard therefore to predict you know in classic kind of economic forecasting terms of how's it all going to play out cuz we normally kind of go back to we fall back on classic you know classic more classical downturn economics and and look at all the indicators and say look we we think the curve is going to look like this and and uh and therefore over a certain period of time just given all the factors at work and we can and and i think you know that brings a bit of clarity to people and i think the challenge and i find it as a leader and, and people ask me and the challenge is um Uh, as you'd expect them to is hey hey how long is this going to be and what where do we what do we foresee and people are asking when's the office going to open and that's that's even a hard one to to answer nowadays because because the the world you know the world keeps changing and and so um it's it's a great question it's i think the dynamics at play are are very different and it and it's and it's creating i think that the key thing for me as a leader and and what i'd what i'd you know, kind of propose to, uh, and what I talk to my my uh, my clients and, and my uh, my my partners around the places, is, is being transparent in terms of a recognition of of the lack of clarity, the lack of you know the lack of uh, knowing exactly how things are going to play out. Be transparent to that, and uh, and and just be real with people and say, look, we're gonna we're gonna tell you what we know when we know it. Uh, and at the same time it's it's quite a it, it's it's unusual and we don't know we, we don't have all the classical indicators in front of us to be able to tell you exactly how this is going to play out and And what I've said you know we had our I had happened at my uh, town hall with all our our uh, Canada-wide employee base yesterday and we we talked about the fact that uh, with all that said we, we have we don't know everything. What we do know back to the the earlier point is that, um, we're seeing leaders continue to invest and want to stay ahead, get ahead, further, and we equally see ones that may not have had a lead, uh, necessarily the, the same leadership position um, wanting to actually move faster, and that that provides opportunity for those a for those companies and, and the employees within them, and the, and and obviously equally for for partners uh, like ourselves who who seek to be part of that change and 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 help help them uh, help them do it in a you know in a, in a better and faster way
1: interesting times, jeffrey thanks so much for joining us today
0: oh you're very welcome it's been my absolute pleasure
1: jeffrey russell is president of accenture canada that's it for today's episode if you'd like to find out more about the subject please check out our show notes there'll be links there and more about the guest and if you did enjoy this please leave a review on itunes it really helps other people find us and we'll keep the conversation going you can also subscribe there or wherever you get your podcasts if you'd like to connect with me i'm on twitter at @RelentlessEco. thanks again and of course thanks to stokely audio for audio production to
0: learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the Work and You can also contact us at comments at the Work and the The Work and the Future Podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.